So school is underway, meaning FSU football is back. Stick with us as we talk all things no athletics. Kevin Durant staying put in Brooklyn, what it means for the team and what it means for the East. The return of high-profile pro-am games, and then we'll end out by telling and sharing our favorite sports memories while being at FSU. But at first, as always, this music. Okay, so we are back. Like we said, again, these pods are kind of spaced out a little bit, not too much happening in the sports world, but we're getting to that time where everything is going to start flooding back. So let's bring in our co-host, no one other I'd rather bring in first, and Cam. Cam, how you doing, man? What's going on? Doing all right. Doing all right. Honestly, it was a little tough today seeing all the uh, seeing all the boys in Tallahassee uh, flooding social media with posters for the upcoming tailgate this weekend. Wish I could be there with you boys, but you know, got to move on and gonna definitely watch this game from home. So let's get into this. Yeah, I saw a post that Dylan, a good friend of the podcast, and one of our good friends tagged me, and it was one of the. Uh, Pike fraternities. I think it was at Oklahoma. Had a full court basketball. Um, yeah, full court basketball. Both uh two rims, two hoops, everything. Not double rimmed. It looked good. And I was just thinking it would have ended friendships if we had that during my time. Because Cam knows I'm swinging before I'm taking that L. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm swinging before I'm taking that L. Aaron knows it too. Who's our other co-host? Aaron, what's going on, man? Hey, how's it going? Really excited for FSU football this year. I think we got a great team. Heard a lot of good things coming out of camp about our boy Lawrence Toa Philly. We have a podcast film with him. Check him out. Uh, Same hometown as me and Cam. Awesome dude. It was a great interview. Go check that out if you haven't already. Big things coming for the Knowles this year. I think we definitely make a bowl game at minimum. I think we challenge for the ACC even, maybe. We'll see what happens. We almost upset Clemson last year. We did upset UNC, so... We've been taking down the, you know, the higher ranked teams in the conference the past few years. Maybe we can string it all together and get a nice little run going this year. Yeah, absolutely. So before we hop into everything Seminole football and just Seminoles in general, let's start off with the Kevin Durant news that came in, man. KD seems like he's staying put in Brooklyn. And Pat Bev, we call him Mr. 94 Feet because he's picked you up full court. He tweeted out two things, and they're very important. The first one said, y'all can sit and don't say nothing, but that ain't cool. There's dudes with families out here who haven't got a job because of this KD shit. And to be on and off about this isn't cool. And then he doubles down and says, it's not good business. These owners can't wait until the new deal comes. All we're doing is hurting the future. Good day. I'm done with this. So, Cam, we talked about this before on previous pods. The new CBA agreement is coming. Owners are not going to acquiesce to the players, but instead try to take power back. And it seems as if KD's offseason decisions have not only caused disdain within the media, but also clearly some of the players also. So do you think his unwillingness to commit long-term served ultimately as a main reason that other teams didn't aggressively go after him in the market? 
I would say it definitely plays a factor, but I mean, I don't think as much as as much as owners and uh, GMs want to maintain control of their teams, I don't think we'll see this trend go away anytime soon. The NBA has become much more of a players' league. Superstars like Bron, Giannis, Luca, and KD really do control their own future. And I mean, obviously, KD signed a contract for and was still under a, a four-year deal with the Nets. I don't think that's. I think that obviously played a big part, and I'm sure the the reload that the Nets were asking in return for KD was insane. Obviously, he didn't end up getting traded. But to answer your question, I I don't think it's going to make too big of a difference. I think the players will still control their own destinies personally. Yeah. So let me toss it to Aaron, man. The market for KD went from being light to seemingly non-existent for what the Nets were asking for in return. Do you think this was Joe Sy's plan all along? Maybe he's thinking, I have KD under contract for four years. He just re-signed and extended. Teams know how disgruntled of a player he can be and how spontaneous that disgruntlement can come. And he's not the type of player to sit out meaningful games and really try and contest my type of power. We have all the leverage. Let's just sit and let this play out. Or do you think he was actually worried at one point that KD was legitimately leaving the nets no i think you hit the nail on the head i mean look at kd people make jokes about it all he does is hoop nothing else he hoops he gets on twitter so if he can't hoop i think he's gonna lose a big part of himself i think he josiah knew it from the beginning when it comes down to it kd's gonna want to play ball you know even if he's not in the best in the situation for himself not where he wanted to be not with the players he wanted to be with he's still gonna want to hoop he's kd he wants the ball that's all he's ever wanted to do uh, so I do credit Joe Sy for standing, you know, standing put, sticking to his guns on this one. And uh, I just don't know how the locker room is going to be after this, but I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I was going to I was going to bring up that, that this point to Aaron, too. How do you think even obviously on paper, like it doesn't really matter what it doesn't really matter what the media says. Do you really think that Steve Nash and Kevin Durant are in a good place now? Because Steve Kevin Durant basically said he wants Steve Nash gone. And like, I mean, regardless of whether or not they came to an agreement with the owner, like, do you really think that like Steve Nash and KD have a good relationship going forward? That's a tough one. Um, <clears throat> to be fair though, I don't really think Nash does much as the coach in Brooklyn. I think he just, a lot of street ball plays out there when you watch them play. A lot of Kyrie, Katie, just go get a bucket, do what you can. So I don't think it affects them that much in the end, to be 100% honest. Yeah, that's fair. I just want to make sure that you guys uh, saw, too, with the news of KD staying in Brooklyn and doesn't look like Kyrie's getting moved either. The Nets' odds have uh, jumped back up. They're currently tied for fourth right now. The favorite is Boston at plus 500, Golden State plus 600, Milwaukee plus 650, and the Clippers and the Nets are both tied at 700. So just want to put that out there. That's the top five for next year. Obviously, with KD resigning, they jumped from 1,500 to 700. So it's a pretty big swing, and I, worth noting, I think. I completely love the era of basketball that we're in right now. And what I like about it, too, is that we see KD hooping with Trey Young and Kyrie hooping with all these players because they're all coming back, and we're talking about pro-ams now. The NBA offseason for the past couple of years has been players doing individual workouts, going to Chris Brickley, going to you know other guys that they can kind of just uh, stay in the gym with. But now we're getting those pro-ams coming back. Aaron, talking about some of these pro-ams you've seen because your number one pick for the Magic Paolo has been participating in an awful lot of them, which I love. He's getting that experience early. 
it's been really fun to see. Uh, Paul has been a very facey guy lately. He's been on a bunch of advertisements. He's been out in the news and the media. I think he threw out the first pitch at a Mariners game the other day. And he's loving it, which is exactly what I want to see out of the star franchise player. I think he's be able to take the heat off some of the other guys. <clears throat> Cole Anthony was getting a lot of heat last year. and He's chucking up some bad shots, making some bad plays. Uh, really excited to see what Paulo can do. He's been going out with Deontay Murray, too, who is uh, in our, our division. So we're going to play them, what, six times a year or something like that? Very excited to see Paulo versus DeJounte. Going to be a lot of fun this season. I think Paulo's a better player, personally, right now even, right now, not even going off potential. Uh, but the Hawks' magic might be more closely matched than you think this season. So we'll see what happens with it. Yeah, absolutely. NBA League pass this season looks like it's going to be – it's best in years. I'm talking the Magic, the Rockets, the Pistons, the Kings. I want to watch all those teams. I'm not going to lie to you. So I can't wait to see what those players can do. And it's great to see them getting that experience against LeBron and all these high-profile names before the season begins. Yeah, I got to put on my Skip Bayless hat real quick over here and uh, come back. I just want to make uh, I just want to make sure that Jay is aware, too. Uh Every single game, and LeBron touched on this at the shop the other day, he understands the uh, the pressure that like comes in playing in these games. Because it's not just like for him, like it doesn't really obviously these games don't matter. We don't see him going. He's not he's he's not running the entire the entire floor to chase somebody down like he what like he is in the finals, but he did the other day miss a free throw that with DeRozan in that game that uh, only put them they ended up winning that game by one. And I mean, could you imagine if the internet, if a bunch of bozos beat LeBron and DeMar DeRozan? Obviously, these players are uh, elite level talents, and I would certainly spank the three of us in uh, any of those pro games. But just had to put that on as the uh, as, as the LeBron hater in this uh, group chat. Yeah, um, <laughs> I knew it was coming. It was inevitable. It was absolutely inevitable. But I will say that I respect the NBA players for doing that a lot. Those tickets were free. A lot of people were camping out for those tickets, but what they did was they wanted to just play regular people because they knew, you know what, for me, this isn't much. I'm just getting a, a light run in. But for these people who's playing against me, for the kids who are watching me that can't go to an NBA game and sit this close to the court, let's just give them a show. And I like that they're consistently doing that. And now we're seeing those same guys. If you, I'm not going to lie. One of those guys scored a bucket on LeBron, and he's posting it everywhere. If I got a bucket on LeBron, <laughs> dude, just getting posted on every social media outlet I have. You guys know I'd be yelling and one to the rafters. So I respect all of them for, uh, for yeah, for, for really doing that for the community. Yeah, exactly. I mean, one thing I did want to say about LeBron is, especially some of these lower income neighborhoods, like on the uh, on Draymond's podcast the other day with Demar Derozan, he uh, Demar said that LeBron said saw him playing in the in the pro M leagues. Literally texted Demar and was like, "Hey, like I want to come play in Compton tomorrow. Like, let's let's make this happen and stuff." And like a lot of those players, like you could just see LeBron whenever that he walks into that gym. Like these players are just like reaching out just to touch LeBron. Like he's like a superhero to these little kids, and like it's really awesome to see him out there like just doing this in year 20 year 20 28 29 30 however many years uh his old ass has been in the nba you know whatever but i mean still you gotta gotta give him his props doing this doing this at this age like you 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 won't see another talent like him for a long time especially the the sustained excellence that we've seen from lebron it's just really hard to like replicate and i can't believe that like even after all these years he's still going out there he's still playing in these pro games it's just like you, you gotta give him his props for that 
Yeah, it's a great segue also because talking about community outreach, and we've seen the Seminoles do a lot of community outreach during this off season, getting time for spring training, for fall camp coming in. And now we see them week one. Like I said, school started. It's week one. It's game week. Aaron, talk to me about us versus Duquesne. I tried to look up the spread, and the spread was – I don't even think we could have found it, but we saw the ESPN indicator was 99.5 to half for uh, – Who's going to win that game? Aaron, talk to me about this FSU versus Duquesne game happening in Doak on Saturday at 5 o'clock. So, you know, it's a week zero game. It's a nice tune-up for LSU. I think we should win pretty handily. But that being said, Duquesne is not going to be a pushover. Uh, they beat FBS team Ohio last year. Now, fun fact about Duquesne, they have the smallest Division One football stadium in the country. It's only about 4,000 fans. It's on the side of a highway. It's a funny-looking place. But uh, shout out to them. Uh, good basketball program over in the A-10 over there. What I w- am interested to see is how A.J. Duffy plays when he comes in in the second half of this game Saturday. He heard a lot of great things out of camp about him from Mike Norvell, Tony Torquez. They love the kid. He's throwing the ball great. He's showing some mobility off. I'm really excited to see what he can do because after the Chris Parson decommit and the Brock Glenn whiff, Mike Norvell's tenure at FSU hinges on what A.J. Duffy does this year and the following two years. If he hits on AJ Duffy, Mike Norvell is going to get a huge contract extension. If he doesn't, he might be out of the door pretty quickly. So something to keep an eye on is when Jordan Travis comes out of the game, AJ Duffy and to a lesser extent, Tate Rodemaker, see what they can do. Cause the receiving core is good. Now we got Johnny Wilson in uh, hoping Winston Wright comes back soon. We got Deuce span. Uh, we got Micah Pittman. We got Ontario Wilson coming back. So the receiving core is there. The offensive line, although a little banged up, has improved from last year. We got some good transfers in, like Bless Harris, uh, Dylan Gibbons, still big piece of that offensive line. So the offense should be pretty good. It's all going to depend on the quarterback position, and that's the one thing I would say look at hardest this year for FSU football. Yeah, Aaron, I think you're exactly right. I was talking to Johnny Wilson the other day, and he also uh, talked about how good AJ Duffy's looking in camp. I mean, it's going to be huge to see uh, to see what kind of strides he's taken, especially in the uh, the move from IMG to Florida State. Obviously, the high school to college is obviously is, is a huge change. But one thing that's really exciting as well is I'm not sure if everybody's uh, aware of this, but FSU is actually has partnered with uh, Fanatics and one team, and will be offering player jerseys for sale for the 2022 season. And each player gets compensated for each jersey that they really? sell. Really? Yeah. Wow. So I mean, that's a huge step in the right direction. So you can buy you can buy jerseys. I think they're like 130, 140 bucks right now. But you can you'll see people walking around the Jordan Travis jersey. I mean, uh, AJ Duffy had it on his Instagram the other day. You could go ahead and buy an AJ Duffy jersey. So I think that's really cool. Lucky we're talking about the uh, name likeness and the players getting paid off of their jersey sales, or well, at least getting some of that compensation, some of that percentage of the jersey sale then you got to think about the players in the past who absolutely must be livid like <laughs> like um what's his Jameis name winston jalen rams tim tebow like not tim even going tebow. at fsu any of these teams um you know reggie bush talking johnny about some football. of these players johnny football <laughs> just think about the possibilities and the money that could have been made earlier too when took way too long in the first place for this to happen but i'm glad that it's at least here now but let's move on and close out with uh, our favorite stories or our favorite sports memories while we were at FSU. We'll take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll be talking about our favorite moments at FSU. It's the best part. You guys don't want to miss this. We'll be right back. 
Okay, so we are back for this last part. This uh, game against Duquesne got me thinking about my favorite memories at FSU. This isn't my favorite memory, but I do remember freshman year, we're playing Virginia Tech, 16 versus 17, night game at Doak. You guys all probably remember this. We're in there. I see Chief Osceola run out for the first time, plant the spear. We're doing the, the um, war chant. We're doing the, the seminal chop. Everything's perfect. The place is absolutely on fire it's so loud i got people texting me from uh, other schools who are watching the game because we had the solo labor day game they're saying dude this atmosphere is ridiculous a night game at dope can't be beat and then the outcome wasn't how we wanted it to be so cam i'll toss it to you before aaron and i get into our favorite memories at fsu what's your favorite sports memory while being a student at florida state yeah, so my favorite sports memory actually historically starts our sophomore year. Uh, we're, we're playing Duke and basketball, and this was back in the uh, R.J. Barrett, Zion, and Cam Reddish era. Uh, Zion, uh, he started the game. He ended up leaving early. I think he got poked in the eye or uh, an ankle injury or something like that. Didn't, didn't finish the whole game. It was a pretty close game the entire time until the end. Uh, Cam Reddish hit a wide open buzzer beater. Everybody was getting ready to storm the court. We were going to beat Duke. We ended up not beating Duke. But last year, as all of you guys know, uh, Jay and I were uh, leading the student section with uh, Null Zone last season. And we played Duke one more time. And uh, I got to see Paulo Bancaro up close, uh, Wendell Carter, um, the uh, and some of the other Coach K. Coach K as well, yes, in his last season. And Coach K found out what happens if you go to overtime in the tuck against Coach Ham. And, I mean, I've never felt that. I, I just remember it, once we got to overtime, like, I could, Jay was, Jay was literally squished next to me because of the amount of people that were, like, coming down on the bleachers, like, behind us. I was, like, literally, like, bending over all the way onto the, almost onto the floor because this bar was, like, there were too many people behind us. I, I couldn't even hear myself think. The entire ground and the bleachers were shaking. It was, I've never felt, like, I, I literally get chills, like, just thinking about, like, that feeling. And John Butler blocks Paulo in overtime on the rim, like, we we win the game in overtime and i've jay had like one leg over the over the rail before we the the, the game even ended i mean got to storm the court that was one of the best memories because like ever since i was like when i first went to college i wanted to storm the field it didn't happen in football but at least we got to get it done in basketball so that's got to be my favorite memory yeah oh man i could go hours on this but i'll give you this quick minute synopsis so like it's crazy because Cam and I, like we said, we're the student section leaders. So our, our only objective, our only responsibility is to provide energy and to make sure that our fans, FSU, everyone in that stadium knows that we are the sixth man, that our responsibility is to make sure that defense can't hear themselves, that coaching staff can't hear themselves, the bench is getting heckled 24-7. So we wake up that day, it's Duke. Everyone's trying to get a ticket. They've been sold out for so long. Cam and I didn't even have to do anything. Shout out to Null Zone for that. So we're sitting, we're chilling. And the thing about Null Zone is we have to get there an hour and a half before the games. So for an hour and a half, Cam and I are there. We're getting ready for this game, maybe pre-game in a little bit. And we're sitting courtside watching the team get stretched out. And we see Paolo Bancaro and all these players start walking out. Paolo's locked in. He's got the beats on. He's not letting anything phase him. Everything's straight. Nolan Smith, Emil Jefferson, they came over to us, actually, and gave us props. And we're just like, hey, you know what? Because we knew who they were from the old Duke days. We were real NCAA basketball fans. 
when I'm telling you, dude, can't remember this, in overtime, when Raekwon Evans is going to the hoop to tie it, does a floater that goes over the outstretched hands of Paolo, and you can hear me. You have a video saying, oh, it's not going in. Banks in. Talk to me about that moment there, Cam, because, whoa, I can just relive these memories forever, man. Yeah, Raekwon Evans might have the uh, the biggest glow-up story ever. I mean, the guy became cold as absolute ice this season. A lot of There was a lot of doubt in whether he would even return. I mean, and the Florida State obviously didn't have the season they wanted to. A lot of injuries happened. But one one player that saved that season was 100% Raekwon Evans. Multiple multiple. Definitely led the team in uh, buckets under with a minute left to go. I mean, a lot of games were won because of Raekwon, but that shot specifically was like it looked like a sky hook going up. Like I 100% did not think it was uh, it was going in, and it just kisses off the glass. So specific, so nice, goes right in. I mean, I literally get chills every time I like even just start thinking about that. But like incredible moment, incredible basket. What a player. Yeah, Aaron, before I let you talk about your experience during that game, I just wanted to say that Coach K gets upset at a lot of games that they lose. This wasn't one of them. He gave Leonard Hamilton props. He said, we've been in this stadium before. We've been in this arena before. We know it's a hard fought. It's an old school building. It's a brick building. You're going to hear that sound reverberating off these walls. It's a tough place to play in. Ak, you were there right with us talking about your experience there for that Duke game. Oh, man, it was unreal. I've never heard an arena that loud. Because, I mean, to talk, you're not going to have 18,000, 20,000 fans like go to NBA arena, but everyone's right on top of each other. You're so close. That place was rocking. I couldn't hear myself think in overtime. Not going to lie. I had my doubts. Early in the second half, we were down 10, 12 points. Thought it was over. I really did. Not going to lie. But that comeback, crazy like like uh you both had said as soon as it hit overtime i knew we were gonna win that game the momentum we had was unbelievable the place was just so loud and uh oh, what was it someone hit a someone hit a big three to like tie it up in overtime Butler. no I, I think it was caleb mills i think it was oh, caleb oh mills yeah yeah the left right. caleb caleb mills unbelievable and uh the raekwon shot absolutely crazy circus shot he did Fun fact with Raekwon, though, he did the exact same thing against Miami to win the game, right? But that was not the best FSU win against the Miami team this year. That was the football game, which is my favorite moment. My dad was an FSU alum. I grew up an FSU fan. I grew up conditioned to hate the University of Miami, especially their football team. Couldn't stand the U. It's my last game in college in the Doke. My dad came up for the trip, drove up came to the game with me we had an awesome time together we were, we were boozing we got some food we we're having a great time got you down to the tailgate <laughs> yeah yeah he loved the tailgate he thought it was great uh <laughs> so it was just really special really special moment for me to have my dad there with me uh when jordan travis busted across the goal line for that one yard touchdown with four seconds left in the game i had a i had a video from the stands on fourth and 14 of the andrew parchment catch uh, it's on my Twitter. It's actually one of my most liked tweets. My pin tweet. Go check it out. That place. You can hear how loud it was. The metal of the bleachers was just shaking. It felt like an earthquake. It was unbelievable. Oh my god, so much fun. Um, also, another cool thing that ties into that. Me and Cam's first game together was what three, four years ago now. Me and Cam's first game together 
was FSU Miami in the Doak, and we got blown out in the Willie Taggart years. So to start it with a Willie Taggart era blowout by Miami and finish it with a Mike Norvell last second win, it just felt like a storybook ending that I deserved at Florida State. That was the uh, that was that was DJ Dallas, right? With uh, Miami, was was that him? Yes, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. he's he's a running back for the Seahawks now, Jay. I he remember, was, uh, no, but he absolutely yeah. toasted us that game. I think it was like the like, third quarter. <laughs> it was the third quarter. We we're already losing pretty bad. Dude yeah. had like almost two hundred yards that game. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a bad game. We left quarterback. I think it was uh, Jaron Williams, maybe. He's yeah, not even a good guy. And it was third down and long, and Cam's like, if they convert this, we're leaving. And not only did they convert it, they scored a fifty-yard touchdown. <laughs> we're like, all right. That's it. You got to cut it off at some point. Uh, but it's Willie Taggart's last game. So, yeah. Tough time. All right. So, Cam went basketball. Aaron went football. I'm going to go soccer because I got to give a shout out and, to, and some respect to our soccer team, man. We always shout yes. them out. We had Christina on. Christina Roque. I say this every time. She's the best goalie in the nation. It's not, it's not even arguable at this point. She was the reason that we won. She went to penalties two years back-to-back. The first time, she did her best. This time, she absolutely ate the other team alive. For me, first game of the season, senior year. And I don't go to these soccer games often. And I think, Ak, you may have said, hey, I think we should probably go to this game. Like, it's going to be a good game. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was, I think it was welcome week. There was nothing else going on that night. We were just going to sit at Cam's house and kind of do nothing. And I was like, hey, there's a soccer game. You know, I know Christina. Uh, I think we should go check the game out. I think it'd be a lot of fun. So we did. And, oh, my God, the atmosphere, Jay, you tell them. Yeah, so the atmosphere. We got there, and there's a whole bleachers for families and everything. We said, you know what? Screw this. Let's just walk right down to the fence, and we can be closer than anybody is. And we're 10 feet, 12 feet away from the field itself. The left wing, the right wing, like all of them, they can hear us. The opposing people can all hear us. The fans can hear us because it's usually quiet when you're watching a soccer game, especially in college. And then the photographers, everybody working for the media could hear us too. And we got creative, man. We got creative. It's our first game there. We were boozing a little bit before we went to the game too. So we were bringing that energy. And it was great because we won. It was 0-0. We went in the 89th minute with, I think, a Yuji Zhao um, goal. I, uh, I can't remember if, if it was Yuji, but an insane game. And after that moment, we didn't miss another home game for soccer. It was The atmosphere was great. And everyone loved when we came back the weeks and the games after because they knew we always had the home field advantage when Jay and everybody else pulled up because you're going to hear some ruckus coming out of our mouths. You also yeah, got to you also gotta give the shout-out to FSU Soccer for playing a crazy out-of-conference schedule every year. That first game was against Texas A&M last year. They played Bama at a conference that we went to. This year, they've already played South Carolina and I think UGA. They're playing big-time schools. They're going and beating them almost every single time. Uh, they really are. They're the Alabama of women's soccer. We love our soccer team at FSU. Yeah, quick caveat for uh, Jay. Jay may or may, or may not be blocked by uh, several uh, defenders for rival schools who uh, are tired of listening to Jay talk. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, some of them were getting heckled. It was bad. Well, shout out to Emily Madrill or, or Emily Madrill. I can't remember how to pronounce her last name, but um, an absolute stifling defender. I mean, she might be the best center back that was last year in in the league. She won ACC honors consecutively. She was really good. And I used to always dub her the boogie woman 
because nothing got by her. Whenever an opposing attacker was trying to get by her, she would always stop them, and they must have seen her in their nightmares. So I called to the boogie woman. I can't, I can't stress how much, if you're listening to this, you need to go to an FSU soccer game and experience the product of soccer that's going on. These aren't tap-ins. These aren't sweaty goals like in FIFA. We're doing out-of-the-box bar downs in this game, and I'm just dumbfounded by how good these players are and it's nothing better than uh, representing Florida State so those are our favorite memories with our time at FSU man let's start these sign-offs Cam thanks for hopping on man yeah absolutely uh for all the people that listen to this so go to Florida State make sure you can go to try to go to as many of these games as you can I mean it, it doesn't even off like especially the nights when there's nothing else going on like you don't really need to go to pots for the 2000th time like that week like go to a soccer game go to a bet make sure you go to all the basketball games go to the football games like I can't tell you what we would do to just do go to a few more of those games as a student like it's just make sure you guys take advantage of that yeah you can go to pots and go to 80s for the you know like you can go to all these um like themed uh theme nights every, every time you can go on a wednesday and find out a, a gvl is having some pro, special promo right but it's not the same than going grabbing a couple of your friends pre-gaming somewhere riding to the game in the back of a pickup truck hopping out and then you realize oh wait if i'm 21 they also serve beverages here let me do that also and then what are you doing you're supporting your fellow students this isn't like you're supporting an nfl team um it's just like you're supporting an nfl team what's going on is you're walking by these players as they go to class. You're seeing the same players you're rooting for on an everyday basis in the dining halls and everything. Show them and show the school as much support as you can. But Aaron, thanks for hopping on, man. Thank you for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Always love talking about, you know, NBA, FSU sports, nothing better. Uh, really excited to see how our sports teams do this year. It's going to really hurt me not being able to go watch them as much as I'd like to definitely make some trips at some point uh, a lot of teams go down here i live in miami now they play down at um sometimes so i'm not gonna miss those but uh good luck to everyone that's still in school this year hope you kill it you're not too cool to go and have school spirit though embrace it man you're only there for so long enjoy it while you can because i wish i was in your shoes right now yeah and like we just talked about showing school spirit can also be made into a parlay you can use those parlays and those player props like Jordan Travis this week on prize picks coming up. Take his over on rushing yards. Use the code leave on prize picks at 100% back on your first deposit. Get 100% return on that. We do pick of the days. If you don't believe us, go on our Instagram, lock it or leave, and look at our highlights for pick of the day. We show you every time we win, every time we lose. And guess what? We win a lot more than we lose. We're 13 and three. Got a game going on right now. Can't wait for you guys to get back into the betting state of mind. It's betting season. It's right around the corner. Price Pick should be your app that you use to make sure you get all your entries in. With that being said, until next time, FSU. Next time we talk will be a FSU recap over Duquesne. Can't wait for that. See y'all later. Peace. <laughs>